let's just get out of here. The inmates aren't here yet. I'm okay. Um, so we, I, I preached for a youth rally up in McCall here on Wednesday through Friday, and we came down. I preached, reported at our, at our home church in Mount Home this morning, and uh, Pastor Pyle said, why don't you come? Of course, I was looking forward to seeing him, but that's all right. Anyway, you can tell him that y'all are better looking than he is, so at least I get to see y'all. But anyway, it's such a blessing to be here, and we I, honestly um, try not to get emotional. I don't know how we would make it without God's people praying for us. Um, we just really, really appreciate it. Yes, your financial support is absolutely it's imperative. We have to have it, but uh, your prayers, and oftentimes I'll get calls or letters or notes from different churches, and I tell you, it's just a huge blessing. So thank you for all that you are. Uh, we love you, and it's just an honor to be here tonight. So well, with all that being said, let's get in God's word, amen, because I'll stand up here and ramble and get emotional and all that kind of stuff, and um, I, w- I was told I was cool tonight, though. I, I, someone must have listened to my testimony when I was here last fall because I told him, you know, I used, used to think I was cool, and now I know I'm not. But, yeah, a little girl, I guess, told her mom that she thought I was cool. So that was, that's awesome. I mean, if you can be 51 and cool. That's pretty awesome. So praise the Lord. Anyway, John chapter 11, very, very common text. Um, I just, I couldn't stop thinking about this text, and really it's because of what I just said a moment ago, and that's the title of the message, Keep Trusting Jesus. If you are, you know, I don't know what you're going through, and I do know that there are people in this church, in this congregation, that have things going on. Obviously, I've been, you know, I tried to tell you, we've got a lot of things going on as well. There are times of frustration, and there are times of discouragement, there are times of despair, there are times of pain, and times of loss, and times of hurting uh, if you remember, I told you last November, you know, I lost my dad at that time, you know, about three years. It's almost been four years now, lost dad. And he was a, a preacher of the gospel and w- one of my heroes in the faith. And sometimes, you know, we go through these hard things and we, we get so discouraged. And I know a lot of people that, that quit. I know a lot of used-to-be's. I, I told the story this morning. There is a, uh, an old uh, black Baptist chaplain. He was a colonel at Fort Leavenworth years ago, probably 15, 16, 17 years ago. And when we first got there, uh, I had a whole team, and we were doing a revival there at the big military prison at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. And he said, you know, I'm sick of all these groups. He goes, I don't know where y'all are at. He said, but we're having a meeting before we start this thing. He goes, because I'm telling you this. He goes, we don't need any uh, uh, this feel-good stuff. I need someone to preach Jesus. And we all were like, praise the Lord, man, this is great. As well, our ministry verse is 2 Corinthians 4 5. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's all, the only message I have is Jesus. And so keep trusting Jesus. You know, used to bees, he, he said this, used to bees don't make honey. <laughs> bees do, amen? So be, don't used to be. And uh, don't get discouraged if you do and you go through a time of loss or hard times. This last, seriously, this last six, seven, eight months for us has been very difficult. Don't stop. Don't quit. You know, I, I don't know what you're going through. And I, know, and I just know that there are people. And God put it on my heart for a reason. So uh, the Lord's still there. Keep trusting Jesus. So if you find your place in John chapter 11, I'm not going to have you, normally I have you stand, but I'm not going to have you do that because we're going to basically preach through most of this text tonight. So... Uh, you can keep your seat, but we're just going to start, get right in here into chapter 11. Before we do that, let me ask the Lord to help me. Uh, I just need his help. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight. I do pray for the young people and Brother Powell and 
those that are with them. Give them safety as they travel and safety as they have their day tomorrow. Uh, Lord, just bless them. I do thank you for the great privilege it is to be at this church. Lord, thank you for the privilege it is to preach your word. Lord, I do pray that you would guard my heart, guard my mouth. Lord, that I would speak only what you want me to. Lord, I just pray that you'll take your word, that you would, uh, Lord, pierce the hearts of everyone here. Lord, touch us, heal us, strengthen us, encourage us from your word. Lord, if there's someone that's not saved, I pray that you'd convict them, draw them to you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Keep trusting Jesus. The Bible says this in John chapter 11, verse number 1. Now, a certain man was sick named Lazarus. Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha, it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now I know we've got some Bible scholars in here, and I know we've got some longtime faithful church members, and maybe you're going to say this tonight, man, really, you're going to preach on Lazarus? I've heard like a hundred sermons on Lazarus, and listen, don't tune me out. I pray that you'll, this will be something, I pray it'll challenge you. When God gave me these things, it really, really challenged me, and it helped me as well, and I pray that it'll be a blessing to you. Maybe you never thought of this as a missions text, but it really is as well, and you'll see that later on in the text, but a lot of things were going on here. Let me give you three things right off the top for an introduction. You know, number one, keep trusting Jesus even when it seems like he doesn't hear. They called to him, but it seemed to them, we saw his response. Now, I, I mean, I want you to, you know, I mean, we all know, we all have presuppositions. We've all studied this. We all know what the end story is. But I want you to put yourself in Mary and Martha's situation. Their brother is ill. My wife just went through a time of illness, and my dad obviously lost him a couple years, a few years ago, and we've all had times like that, and we call on the Lord, and we expect McDonald's kind of service. I mean, and I, not necessarily good, but fast. Come, come on. I mean, we want it now. Am I wrong? I mean, we, God, we call upon him, and Lord, I want an answer now. And I don't want an answer I don't want. I want a good answer. I want an answer that I want. And that's just how we are with the Lord. But we call on the Lord, and sometimes, maybe you're more spiritual than me, but sometimes it just seems like my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. It's like, Lord, hello? Lord, don't you understand what I'm going through? Lord, don't you see where we are? I'm hurting here. And sometimes we call on the Lord. Listen, he is, he is still there, and keep trusting the Lord even when it seems like he doesn't hear. His sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Look at his response. When Jesus heard that, he said, this, this sickness is not unto death. You know what he said? This is Lance's paraphrase. I know you shouldn't do this, but listen. You're not going to die? Isn't that what I said? This sickness is not. You're not going to die. Don't, you remember when you were a kid and you, you, know, you hurt yourself? Parents, when your kids come to you, are you bleeding? No. Is there a bone hanging out? No. You're not going to die. Come on now, I mean, I want you to put yourself there. And even as an adult, still, when we call on God, it's the same way. But I feel like I'm dying here. And the Lord looks at you and he, you're not going to die. Calm down. We don't like those kind of answers. We want, we want the Lord to be upset like we are. Well, Lord, you're supposed to, you know, what do you mean? This sickness is not unto death. 
And then it says even more than that, and we know the text. Uh, where am I? But for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. We need, you know, we need to have that reset button pushed so that we know the only reason, listen to me, the only reason we are still here is to glorify God. We're here to glorify God through reaching souls. We're here to glorify God through edifying the church and each other. We're here to glorify God through worshiping Him. It's all about Him. It's not about us. But again, unless you're more spiritual than me, you know, which maybe you are, uh, we get to thinking it's about us sometimes. This is my ministry. This is what I'm doing. It's about my service and it's about my life and it's about my agenda. Come on now. We get God. We want God to sign off on our stuff. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, we call on the Lord and he says, no, number one, you're not going to die. And besides, this is all for the glory of God, that the son of God might be glorified. This is not about you. Now, when you get a response like that, you just want to say, well, look, maybe he didn't hear me. Or, or how about this? Keep trusting Jesus, not only when he seems like he doesn't hear, but keep trusting Jesus when it seems like he doesn't care. You remember the apostles when they were in the ship going across the sea and he fell asleep in the do you remember that when he fell asleep in the boat? And what they do? They come up to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Have you ever asked God if he doesn't care? I mean, if we start thinking that way, it should tell us we're not thinking right anyway, because guess what? We know, we know. I mean, that's fundamental doctrine of the Bible that for God so, we just had that verse quoted to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. We know that. So when we start saying, God, do you even care? We are severely broken. We're in danger. I mean, these are red flags. So keep trusting Jesus, even though it seems like he doesn't hear. And definitely keep trusting the Lord when it seems like he doesn't care. Because, you know, if the guy, average guy out there in the world that doesn't know the Lord read this and read verse number four, uh, they would have a hard time with it. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. In fact, I'd say this. If one of you church members called your pastor and said, listen, I'm in the hospital. I need you to come visit me. And knowing he can't, I mean, your pastor doesn't heal like Jesus does. I know God can heal. Don't get me wrong. But if your pastor said, you're not going to die. Besides, your life is for the glory of God anyway. Look for an opportunity to witness while you're there. If you got that, come on now, if you got that response, y'all would be wanting to fire a pastor. Come on. Mary and Martha are calling on Jesus, and that's the response. The world sees that and like, what kind of Savior is that? But we remember that the natural man doesn't understand spiritual things. We need the Holy Spirit. So Christians understand to sometimes, to an extent, but the world will never understand this. Did I already tell you to keep trusting Jesus? Because Mary and Martha are not the only ones that have times like this. I've already been really, really transparent about our last, you know, the first half of this year. I, there's been times I'm like, Lord, really? I mean, come on. And sometimes we get to feeling, I, know, I shouldn't even say this, but sometimes we start feeling like, well, you know, Lord, I've served you for over 20 years now. I mean, we had our 20th ministry anniversary, and that's just doing what we're doing now, not other ministries. When I was the assistant pastor and stuff, that's just with the military prison work. Lord, over 20 years I've been serving you. I mean, come on now. I mean, don't you think I deserve something here? We start thinking we deserve, come on. It's, 
it's no longer grace when we earn it. And sometimes we get that attitude with God. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. But listen, keep trusting Jesus. If nothing else, go back to his word. His word will always keep us on track. And if verse 4 throws you off, you got it in black and white, or red and white, depending on how your Bible is. Well, I guess in black and white in verse 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. It's irrefutable. It's in black and white. It's printed right there. We know that it's an absolute fact that Jesus loved them, yet we see the response in verse 4 that we're wondering, does he even really care? And if he does, that's sure a weird way of showing it. Maybe you've gone through things in your past and maybe in the last year, maybe in the last week, maybe in the last 10 years that have shaken you and maybe some low spots in your life and your spiritual walk with Christ and we start to think, well, maybe the Lord just doesn't care. And and listen, in in introduction, also the the last thing, keep trusting Jesus even when you think he's not there. He is there. And sometimes we don't see him, and he might not manifest himself in a way that we can recognize. I'm reminded of the road to Emmaus. Remember when the disciple, after Jesus was crucified and buried, and they were walking back, and Jesus, come on, do you remember the story? And Jesus was walking with them, and they had no clue that he was even walking with them. They're like, yeah, I mean, Jesus basically said, you know, uh, here I am. And they had no clue. I mean, they just... They had no idea. And even after he told them, and he preached unto them himself. That's what the Bible says. Can you imagine what what an Old Testament survey course that had to be when Jesus preached himself through all the old scriptures and they still did not know until they were sitting at the table and he served them at their own table. I wonder how many times that we walk in life and we, it feels like he's not there, but he's right there. And sometimes, listen, that's, that's why we need to be faithful in church. That's why we need our Christian brothers to walk with us because we don't even see him next to us. And they're like, hey, wait a minute. Why don't you turn around for a second? Because he's right there. Has it ever occurred to you that because you go your own way, because a Christian doesn't have to follow, they should follow Jesus, but we don't always follow Jesus. And that's why Christians ought to repent too. There's a repentance unto salvation, but there's also a repentance in our daily walk because there are times where, I mentioned it this morning too. I'm known at the prison for saying, you know what men do? Exactly what they want to do. Guys will tell me, well, I'm not sure if I'll come to chapel tonight, sir. And I'm like, what, you got a hot date tonight? (laughs) If you want to go to chapel, you're going to go to chapel. Guess what? If you want to go to church, guess what you're going to do? If you want to serve God, guess what you're going to do? If you want to read your Bible, guess what you're going to do? But we don't always do what we want. We don't always do what we should. Bottom line is this, we think Jesus wasn't there. We start leading our own life, we go our own path. Even if it's doing good things, even if it's in the service of the Lord, we're doing our own thing and we're going on autopilot. It becomes rote religion. By the way, it happens in all religions, not just those. It happens right here in our churches too. And we have to stop and we need to repent and turn and say, that's right, Lord's behind me, I should be behind him. No wonder I can't see him. 
I'm not trying to say Mary and Martha didn't have their eyes on Christ or they, were, they weren't thinking right or whatever, but to them it seemed like he wasn't there. Physically, he was not in Bethany, Bethany, but he was there more than they knew he was there. Come on. The Lord's in your life more than you think he's there too. So an introduction, we need to keep trusting Jesus even though we don't see him, even though we don't think he hears, even though we think he doesn't care, even though we think he's not to be around. I'm going to give you three things about this text. We're going to go through most of this, and I, I pray that you'll, you'll get this. Did you know it's not too late? Well, we know the text. We know what happens. What happens? He dies. Lazarus is dead. We see that. Let's look on a little bit further. The Bible says in verse 6, When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Well, that could kind of just go up to the, you know, the same context that I said, well, maybe he doesn't care. Imagine what the people around him were saying. I thought Jesus was like tight with Lazarus. And he's like hanging out for two more days. I mean, and Bethany, and we'll see later on in the text, it's, it's only about two miles or so. It's not far from where they are to Bethany. It's like, why is he hanging out? Why doesn't he go to Lazarus? I wonder when the world watches us and they see us call on the Lord and they don't see God doing what we think God should be doing and then they hear us complain what they're thinking. No wonder people don't want to go to church. Well, I'm better. I've had people tell me that. Well, I'm better than some of those church people, man. I've heard some of them. Listen, that's our attitude is it's not too late. We, we think it's too late because we're on human time. Verse number 7, then after that he saith unto his disciples, let us go into Judea again. And we know this text. I'm, I'm trying to get through this. His disciples sent a master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? And Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, our, land, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go, that I may awake him out of sleep. So you say, Brother Lance, why did you even read that text, that part? Because that really, I mean, what is he even talking about? Well, I don't have time to, to exegete this text for us tonight, but sometimes the Lord gives us an answer, and we're like, Lord, what are you talking about? We're talking about Lazarus being sick, and now you're telling us, you know, that, that you want to go to Judea again, and we tell you that they're looking to stone you, and you give us some, what are you talking about? What do you mean there's 12 hours in the day, and what, what are you talking about, Lord? Has the Lord ever given you a response like that, and you're just like, Lord, I don't even know what you're talking about. There are times where in our ministry and in, in, in the paths that God has led us down, I'm like, Lord, I, I don't understand. But that's when I'm reminded of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and what? Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Listen, we, we think we have to understand, but God never asked us to understand. He asked us to keep trusting him. In fact, I would say this, that if we go through a time in life, especially when we have a difficult time and we start to understand things, I would, I would venture to say that most of us probably aren't trusting him if we understand what's going on. Because if we understand what's going on, we're, we, I got this. I, I understand. But when we don't understand, that's when we're like, Lord, I don't understand. Help. Come on. I mean, that's what we do in our churches, especially if you've been saved a while and you walk with the Lord and you know the Lord. Sometimes we tend to do that. When we understand, we're not trusting Him. 
It's the times that we don't understand, the times that we're hurting, the times that we're discouraged, the times that we're frustrating. That's when we are, we are groveling. We are laying on our face before him. I remember when the Lord first called us into the ministry. I mean, we had nothing. We had nothing. I was a, an airman in the military. I was an E-4 when I got out. I mean, we had nothing. I was laying on the floor. I was like, Lord, you called us to do I, I can't do anything. God, I ha- we have to have supernatural provisions. God, you have got to do something supernatural because there is no way that this guy can do anything. I don't have the resources. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the strength. Lord, you've got to. And my wife and I and our little girls were praying, God, you've got to do miraculous things. It's all about you, Lord. We need you. And that is when God does great things. But when you've got it under control and it's just automatic and you're on autopilot doing the things you always do, even when we think we're serving God, well, yeah, I keep teaching Sunday school. There's no problems. It's very, 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 very easy just to continue on. And we don't need God. Do I need to remind you of John 15 that says you can do nothing of yourselves? We start thinking we can do something. Hey, you know, West, you know, West Valley Baptist Church is growing, and man, look at this crowd, and we've got this active young people and all these kids, and, and, and man, look at these pro Man, we are we're getting good, Brother Z. Be careful. Because we are souls that need Jesus as much as we did the day we got saved. It's not too late, though. Even when it looks too late, it's not too late. Verse number 11, the Bible says this. These things said he, and after that he saith to them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. This shows you how spiritual the disciples were. Then, then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Uh, Brother Adam called me this afternoon. He's like, Brother Lance, I hope I didn't interrupt your afternoon, your rest, or whatever. You know, I mean, we, we treasure nap time. Come on now. The apostles did, too. Right here, they're like, man, if he, shoot, if Brother Lazarus is taking a nap, man, he's got it made, man, that is good. They are so detached from reality, they don't even know. And this is, these are the disciples. These are the 12 that were close to Jesus. I mean, you would think that they would have some kind of insight, but they were so disconnected. They're still trying to figure out, why did Jesus say he's not going to die and just hang out for a couple of days. Well, no wonder if he's taking a nap. Man, that must be nice. Wish, I wish the Lord would let us take a nap for a couple of days. I, I can just imagine. You say, Brother Light, you really think the disciples thought like that? Absolutely. You know why? Because they're men. Just like us. Mankind. They're just like we are. Here's where it gets tough. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. I had a guy come up to me one time years ago about this text. He's like, sir, you said there's no contradictions in the word of God. I'm like, absolutely there's not. He said, yeah, there is. Right here. Right here. It says in John chapter 11, Jesus said right here in verse 14, Lazarus is dead. Does he not say that? I said, well, yeah, sure he does. He goes, well, look, look, hey, look, sir, maybe you missed it, but I want you to look over there in verse number chapter, or verse number four. It says, when Jesus heard that, he said, this is what Jesus said. Jesus' own words contradict himself. He said, look what it says. This sickness is not unto 
Come on now. He says, see? Jesus said it's not unto death. And then just a few verses later in verse 14, he said he's dead. He goes, he's a liar. I said, no, he's not. He goes, how can you say that? I said, because Lazarus still isn't dead. Well, Brother Lance, I mean, come on. I mean, that's a stretch. I mean, your dad died almost four years ago. Yeah, dad's not dead either. He is in this life, but he's more alive than any of us. I'm just telling you that right now. But even if you discounted that, in context, in this exact situation, with Lazarus being sick, with Lazarus dying and going into the grave, and with Lazarus resurrecting, even in this temporal, physical life, his sickness still was not unto, in other the final destination was still not death, because the Lord saw past that death. The result of this situation never did end in death. Now, yes, Lazarus physically died at some point. We know that. But this was not unto death. I said, that's not a contradiction. But here's, you say, Berlanch, why are you pointing that out? Because some of us get frustrated by the same thing in life and things will happen and we get discouraged and we get frustrated and we think we're going to die and someone tells us, well, God will take care of things and then God doesn't take care of it how you think he should. And we start doubting him. We stop trusting him. And the world that's watching is dying and going to hell while they watch Christians flailing. Remember what I said, it's not too late? It's still not too late. There's a, lot, there's a world out there that is dying, and it's still not too late. It might look like, I, I, said it, I say it all the time, our country, the, st- the condition of our families, the condition of our country, the condition of our states, the condition of everything is just... But God is still God. And it's still not too late. And even when things are dying... It's still not too late. And if God has given us breath to be here and we're still alive and God still uses us, it's not too late. The Bible says in verse number 15, as, as if this wasn't bad enough. This is another one of those verses you could lump together under that. It seems like he doesn't care. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. What? Not only is he dead, and he's telling us he's dead, he's saying, I'm glad I wasn't there. Lord, what? Now, come on now. Now, you and I, we're thinking, well, Lance, but Lance, we know the story. But think about the lost man. Think about your neighbor who doesn't know God. And they see stuff like this, or they hear stories like this, or they hear real-world stories of us calling on God, and someone does die, or someone, God chooses not to do what we ask him to do. And when they see us discouraged, and they see us frustrated, come on, they have no reason to trust the Lord. Because we're not trusting Jesus. West Valley Baptist Church, keep trusting Jesus because it's not too late. And even when the Lord says, and I'm glad for your sakes that I wasn't there. Lord, what do you mean? Now you said you'd never leave us. Oh, he was there, but he wasn't there how they wanted him to be there. Come on. I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. Listen to this. To the intent that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Now, again, maybe you theologians out there or the super spiritual or whatever might say, Well, Brother Lance, of course, you know, the Lord uses these things to build our faith. I know those answers. 
But when you put yourself in situations just like this, come on. And the Lord says, and I'm glad I wasn't there to the intent that you might believe. Lord, if you would have just done what I asked, I would have believed just fine. Come on, that's how all of us pray. Lord, when I pray and ask you to do something, if you do it, I'd believe. I mean, see, the Lord answered my prayer. Praise the Lord, I believe. But when he doesn't do what we ask him to do, we don't tend not to believe. Nod your heads up and down. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Y'all can come in here and act spiritual if you want to, but I'm, see, I'm leaving in the morning, so that's all right. We've all had times like this. Lord, what are you talking about? You, what do you mean? You're glad you weren't there so that I can believe? Why don't you just do what I asked you to do? I'd have believed you just fine. Lord, what, what are you talking about? Lord, I mean, when you found out, you just hung out for a couple days, and, and you said it's not unto death, but then they died? Lord, I don't understand. Not only were the believers rattled, the apostles were rattled, and the other people around them were rattled. Everybody was in turmoil. Verse number six, poor, poor Thomas, he always takes a bad rap. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, well, we may as well all just go and die. Ah, yes, I paraphrase it. Look what it says. Let us go also. Let us also go that we may die with him. You know what? Hey, if Lazarus is dead and they want to kill us anyway, let's just all die. You say, Brother Lance, you really think he said it like that? Absolutely. And by the way, it's not doubting Thomas. Whatever your name is, you can just put your name right there. Because a lot of times that's our attitude. In fact, that's been my attitude in the last few months. Well, whatever. Kind of like the response the apostles gave him. Where else are you going to go? Well, uh, where else can we go? We may as well just all die. You know some of our attitudes in serving God and serving at church and well, you know, I really wanted to spend Saturday at home doing whatever I wanted to, but the pastor wants to do, why not? What else are we going to do? I mean, I have to be a good church member. May as well just go. Y'all know it's true. Come on now. We've all been there before. I'm not saying you're always like that, but we've all had times like that. Thomas just says what we're all thinking, and the poor guy gets labeled a doubter, but we have all doubted God. That's why we need a Savior. It's not too late. You say, well, I know, Brother Lance. Okay, I get, I get it. I know it's not too late. But maybe, maybe God's just lost touch a little. I mean, this is 2022. Obviously, the world's not what it was. That's where you're mistaken. The world's exactly what it was then, too. Did you know, that's the second thing. God has not lost touch. It's not too late, and he's not lost touch. He's still very much, I, I, there are a lot of verses I could give to you, but the Lord knows man. You know what the number one reason is? I, maybe, I, maybe I shared this with you last November when I was here, but you know what the number one answer that I get from inmates when I talk to them and they come to me for counsel and they're talking about some of the things they've done, the mistakes they've made and the crimes they've committed. You know what the number one answer is when I ask them, what in the world, what were you thinking? Why did you do that? You know what the number one answer is? I don't know. See, <laughs> I had a guy ask me that. He said, Brother Lance, he goes, why did God do this? Why did God do that? He was asking me all these questions. It was all why. Why did God, you know, how come God feels this way? How come? I said, so you want to understand God? Well, yeah. Aren't you, I mean, you should understand God, don't you? I don't understand God either. 
aren't you a chaplain? Aren't you a preacher? I mean, Brother Z, I mean, you went to Bible college. I mean, certainly you understand God. You know what the reality is? We don't understand God. God never asked us to understand Him. In fact, He told us, my ways are higher than your ways. You're not going to understand God. And I told him, I said, listen, I don't want to understand God and everything in the Bible because if I did, that means God's on my level, which means we are all in trouble. Seriously, I mean, what do we want? I mean, this is how simple it is. God's not lost touch. He just wants us to trust Him. Verse 17, then when Jesus came, He found that He had lain in the grave four days already, like He didn't know that. Now, Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs. Again, you can look it up if you want to, but one mile equals approximately eight furlongs. So we're talking like two miles-ish. I mean, even someone who's not in shape can walk two miles in a day. I mean, come on. Why didn't he go? It's not because it was too far. The Lord always has a plan. He always knows what's going on, especially when we don't have any clue. That's just the way the Lord knows. Verse number 19, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. And this is where it gets, this is, This is, boy, it helps me. Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, I want you to think. Listen, Mary and Martha had called Jesus several days ago. And now you show up? Come on. If you were sick in the hospital and called pastor, and a week later he shows up and you're like getting ready to go home, or something tragic happened, you'd be like, really? Now you show up? Come on, let's just be real. That's That's how we are. And Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went out and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. And then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, had been, hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. So let me ask you a question. You really think that's how Martha said it? I like to, I'm not saying I'm a good actor. I'm not saying I like to act out. But I, I don't believe she said it like that. I believe she said this. Lord! If you would have been here, if you would have been here, my brother hadn't have died. She's not going to say, well, Lord, you know. If you, no, come on, you've been there before. Lord, why? I remember when I got the phone call about my daddy. Lord, no. Why? What are you doing? Are you serious? And we start to doubt God and we get frustrated, we get discouraged. And every one of us have been in God's face before. Not your heads up and down. You might not want to admit it, but we all know we've been upset at God about something. We didn't get our way. We didn't get what we thought was right. God didn't do what we thought he should have done. Come on. Or he didn't answer the prayer in the way you, God always answers prayer, by the way. Jeremiah 33, 3, call upon me and I will, will answer thee. And so the great mighty things which thou knowest not. The problem is God says no. I think I said that when I was here in November. God, God, no is an answer. By the way, so is one of these. Y'all know it. That, parents, you know what that means. We know what that means. That means, oh, I better just. <laughs> Kids definitely know what that means. Isn't that an answer when you ask mom and dad something? They're like. You know what that means. We do too, but we don't like that. God didn't answer my prayer. Brother Z, God didn't answer my prayer. Oh, yeah, he did. He just told you no, and you're a spoiled little brat, and you're throwing a fit. 
because you didn't get what you wanted. God gave you an answer, you just don't like the answer. Martha was very, very, I believe she was as real as what I just said. Maybe not just how I did it, but she was tormented and troubled. Her brother was dead. And she called on the Lord Jesus Christ, who she believed was the Lord Jesus Christ, and knew that he could do something. That's why she said, now, even now, if you wanted to do something, you could. Why didn't you? Most of us have gone to God like that before. It's not too late, but he still hasn't lost touch. Maybe Martha thought he had. Martha said unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. And Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Oh, boy, here we go. I remember when my dad died. I had pastors and preacher friends of mine. Brother Lance, your dad's with Jesus. He'll rise again. He's still alive. You should rejoice. I just wanted to punch him. I'm just being honest. Come on now. I know they're, I mean, they're not trying to be mean. And yes, it's true. And yes, Jesus says he'll rise again. But she, she was so disconnected because we are so overwhelmed with emotion that we're not being spiritual. If it can happen to her, it can happen to us. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection in the last day. I, Lord, I know that. It's not that Martha wasn't a believer. It's not that she didn't love Jesus. She knew who he was. She did believe that he was the Savior. So if you say, well, Lance, I'm a Christian. Of course I trust God. Of course I believe God. But there's times that we don't trust God. Verse 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? I want you to know, watch how Martha skirts the question. She, she didn't answer the question. You know that, right? If you read this in context, she saith unto him, Yea, Lord, she was, uh, it was, she was pacifying. She didn't answer the question. Yea, Lord, but she didn't just say yea, Lord, period. If she would have said yes, Lord, I believe that, she would have answered it. But that's not what she did. She said, yea, Lord, and what's after the word Lord? Come on, a colon, which means this is a quantified answer. I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Jesus said, don't you believe? <laughs> Listen, once you have life, you'll never die. Don't you believe that? Yes, Lord, I believe that you're the Christ. Come on now. She didn't answer the question. You know what she was doing? She was skirting the issue. Because this is what she's thinking, the same thing that you and I would have been thinking. Lord, how in the world can you say that they'll never die. When my brother is laying in that tomb right there, and he's dead. You said he'd never die, and he's dead. What are you talking about? How can you say that, Lord? We've all been there. Come on. Lord, what do you mean? I don't understand. There's his words again. See, Berlant, you really think that? Absolutely. It's, it's I read all kind of commentaries on it. I think I probably joked about this when I was here in November, but you know, a commentator is just a plain old potato. They tell you what they think, and that's about what it's worth, about what a potato is worth. But the commentators argue about it. The theologians argue about it. But I, do, I know this. Martha was a person just like we are. 
And if Jesus would have said that to me, I would have been the, answering the same way. Well, Lord, yes, I believe you're the Christ, but are you serious? My brother's dead. How can you say he's not dead? Because we are still carnal. Paul preached about it. We're still carnal. We think we're spiritual, but we're still carnal, and most of us can only handle milk. We like to think we're big kids and can eat a big old T-bone, but the reality is most of us are still sucking on spiritual bottles. It's just a reality. I said we. He said, well, you've been preaching over 20 years. You should be a spiritual, mature person now. Yeah. Should be. Listen, I'm just as needy as I was when I got saved, Brother Z. I put me through a few trials and things don't go my way and my wife gets ill and the prison doesn't open. And guess who gets frustrated? Hmm. Keep trusting Jesus, Brother Lance. Well, yay, Lord, I believe you're the, the Christ. That's not what he's asking. Are y'all, are y'all with me tonight? Hopefully y'all are getting this. I'm telling you, I'd never read this text like this until I started. It blows my mind. And when she said, so said, verse 28, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, the master has come and calleth for thee. <laughs> now, I don't know for sure if she's a liar or not, but I didn't hear Jesus call for her. Did you? But there's a lot of times I'll go to the Lord, I'll say, Lord, and I'll talk to the Lord, and we'll be talking, I'll be praying, and I'm not getting the answers I want, so what I'll do is I'll say, man, I know what, hey, Brother Z is plugged in, hey, Brother Z, why don't you go to the, can you go to the Lord for me? I mean, I'd love you to talk to him, maybe you can talk some sense into him. (laughs) Come on, y'all have done the same thing, preacher, yep, can you put this on the prayer list, and and I'm not saying it's always like that. But you've prayed and you're not getting anywhere. Come on. Maybe someone, Mary, hey, the Lord wants to talk to you. Maybe she can, maybe she can do something. I, I don't know if that's the case. But I do, it wouldn't surprise me. Because, you know, when I, that's how it was when I was a kid. I'm still that way. If I ask my mom something, and I'll get the, hey, go check, go, go talk to mom, see what she says. Still happens, and mom's 76 years old. <clears throat> as soon as she heard that, she rose quickly and came unto him. Now, Jesus was not yet coming to the town, but was in a place where Martha met him. Verse 31, the Jews then that were with her in the house and comforted her, when, he, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, she goeth unto the grave to weep there. So they, people have no clue. They just know what we're doing. They look what we're doing, and they, they make assumptions, and they had no clue. Verse 32, but when, then when Mary was come to where Jesus was and saw him, listen to what she did. She fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Boy, that sounds familiar. <laughs> did you know that? Remember when I said the Lord has not, not lost touch? That's the second point. There's only one more, so y'all, if you're getting antsy, it's about done. Mary said the exact same thing as Martha. But there is a huge difference. See, Brother Lance, what are you talking about? I believe that she was feeling the same thing. I believe she was just as discouraged. I believe she didn't understand any more than Martha did. But her position before God was different. I believe she was just as passionate, just as hurt, just as crushed. But instead of, God, Lord, Master, if you would have been here, my brother would have died. Instead, she was... Master, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. See, Brother Lance, what's the difference? Everything. 
Maybe I should just close and give an invitation right there because the question I've had to ask myself many times over the years is, am I in God's face or am I at his feet? Because our attitude and our position before God makes all the difference in the world. You say, well, Brother Lance, really? I mean, come on. Hey, Mary didn't get a different answer. Lazarus was still dead. But you're missing something. Did you know Mary got something that Martha didn't? The Bible says in verse 33, When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, the Jews also weeping that came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Again, theologians and scholars and commentators all argue about this stuff. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. John eleven thirty five, shortest verse in the Bible, but probably the most powerful. Jesus wept. That was my favorite Bible verse when I was a, when I was a munchkin. Who's got a Bible verse? I'd stand up. John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. Woo, got that one out. I beat. I, I was the first one to say a memory verse. Come on now. We've all done that. We know this verse. But I'm going to tell you something. Look what happens. Again, the misperception. Verse 36, then said the Jews, behold how he loved him. I'm going to tell you something. Y'all want to hear something new? Maybe, maybe you've already thought about this. I got a newsflash for you. Jesus wasn't crying for Lazarus. Lazarus wasn't dead. He was with God the Father saying, I didn't know this was going to happen. And he knew, <laughs> I think Lazarus was upset when the Lord made him get resurrected. have to go back there. <laughs> Jesus wasn't crying for Lazarus. Yes, I do believe, and some of the commentators say this, that you know, he was crying for the unbelief of Mary and Martha, which may be part of it. They say he was crying because of the unbelief of the people. And I believe, I, I believe all that to be true. But I'll tell you, because of like the Beatitudes, because of things in the Scripture, where you know, hermeneutics matter, because of the Scripture in its entirety, the Lord tells us, weep with those who weep. You know what Jesus said? He didn't say, man, Mary, get up. Jesus, are you kidding me? Lazarus is with my father. You should be happy. That's the answer I got when my dad died. Oh, Brother Light, you should rejoice. Your dad was a servant of God. You know what? Listen, when someone loses somebody, you know what you do? You sit down and you put your arm around them and you weep with them. Because that's what Jesus did. And Jesus knew it wasn't going to end there. Listen, weep with, rejoice with those that rejoice. Weep with those that weep. Mourn with those that mourn. Help people. Come on. That's what yeah. we're supposed to come alongside. That's how a church becomes strong, like I believe this one is. Amen. That doesn't mean you're perfect, but we ought to strive to be that way. If you see someone miss church, you don't go kick them in the teeth and tell them how out of the will of God they are and they need to get their rear end back in church. No, you go put your arm around them and say, Hey, listen, I noticed you were missing, man. I missed you. Is there anything I could do for you? Could I pray for you? Is everything okay? You know, Jesus wept, I believe this, because he saw Mary weeping and brokenhearted. Yes, he knew she should trust me more than this, and she has no idea what I'm going to do. But he didn't even say all that. He just wept with her. You say, Brother Lance, you said she got something that Martha didn't. Yeah, she got the compassion of Christ. 
And if we're at Jesus' feet instead of in his face, I believe this, God will wrap his holy arms around you and he will console you unlike you have ever been consoled. And that's how God gave me peace about the loss of my dad. That's how God's given me peace about different other difficulties in my life and says, son, I've got this. You don't understand, but you don't need to understand. Remember what the title is? Just keep trusting Jesus. Put your seatbelt on. Because that ain't over yet. Boy, that's helped me over the years. It's helped me in the last few months. Verse 37, and some of them said, could not this, by the way, the world still says this, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Hey, if you, hey, West Valley Baptist Church, if that God you worship is so good, then how come he doesn't fix all this broken stuff? All you spiritual people, yeah, I'll see you come up with an answer with that. How come he let it, this happen? Come on. Hey, you said you were praying for these things, you know, for the, re- the redemption of America and the revival of this country and for gas prices to go down. All right, if your God's so big, then how come he didn't do something? <laughs> well, th- that's the, come on, that attitude's been around for a long time. Because they don't understand God. And when we don't understand God and we get frustrated with the Lord, imagine what the world looks at when they look at us. No wonder they don't want to go to our church. Last thing is this, and I'll be done. Keep trusting Jesus because it's not too late, because he's not lost touch, but because he's still the Lord. He's still the Lord. Verse 38, Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, take you away the stone, Martha, the sister of him that was dead. I, <laughs> I love that. Maybe you've never picked up on that. The sister of him that, what's that word? Was. What is that? That's past tense. Wait a minute. I mean, he's alive? I think Lazarus is in there saying, come on, come on, come on, come on, let's go. I don't know. I don't know. All I'm saying, I'm just reading the Bible to you, and I just happen to get excited about it, okay? That was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. And Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe God, that thou shouldest see the glory of God? You're fixing to see it. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always because of all the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. It's a good thing he said Lazarus, or they would have all got up. Can you imagine? Let's, let's, let's hit rewind for just a minute. Where is this? Verse 15, And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. You know what he said? <laughs> yeah, if I'd answered your prayer. Listen, if God gives you what you want when you ask for it, sure. I, I know that. that. That can build faith. I got that. But here's the thing. If God doesn't give you what you want when you want it, and he does something bigger... It affects a whole lot more than you. And now not only were Mary and Martha and Lazarus affected, not only the disciples were affected, but now 
after a day or two, the family come, and then all the townspeople, and then people from out of town. Come on. By this time, there was a huge crowd. Huge impact. You have no clue what God can do when he tells you no. If you keep trusting Jesus. But if you don't, you can be a used to be. You can be a tragedy. It is it's sad when I see people that don't trust the Lord anymore, don't follow the Lord, and you're out of church. Verse number, where am I? 44, and he that was dead came forth bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound with a napkin. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. I, listen, I don't know how that happened, but I wish I could have seen it. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things of Jesus did believed on him. Remember what I said the last thing was? He's still the Lord. So here's how big this thing really is. Remember I said this is a missions message? This is the beginning of real, mes- real missions me- right here. Romans 12, 1 and 2 is often what I call my life verse. It's not my own. It's one of my very favorite verses. You know, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. You know, Paul said, I die daily. And we talk about dying to self. Come on. I mean, we all know that those biblical principles. Did you know, I believe this conversation happened at some point because I believe God gives us the opportunity to choose to serve him. I believe that, I don't know how. I just believe somehow, whether Jesus did or the Holy Spirit spoke to Lazarus and said, hey, maybe it was just one of those convicting times. And Do you trust me, Lazarus? <laughs> Lord, of course. Is there anything you wouldn't do? Would you die for me, Lazarus? Sure. Okay. I believe that. I really do. God gave him the same opportunity. By the way, are you willing to give your life to serve God? Wait a minute, bro. I'm not talking about like going in a tomb. Okay, what if that? What if this was you? Are you willing to sacrifice? We die to self. I mean, come on. I mean, this was in a very literal sense. But if one person is willing to sacrifice themselves on the altar of for the Lord, look what can happen. If you say, if you say, Lord, I'm I'm here for you. I'm not here for me. That's when God can do something amazing. Look what happens because Lazarus said, Lord, sure, I'll do what you want me to do. Verse number 45, that many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, look what it says, believed on him. Many. I don't know how many many is, but many is a lot. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Verse 47, then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, what do we? This man doeth many miracles. And if we let let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. The Romans shall come and take away both our place and our nation. One of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, you know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perisheth not. Hey, if you like your job where it is and, and we want Rome to let us keep doing hey, listen, we need to kill this guy. We, hey, hey, we can all stay comfortable if that this happens. But they had no, they had no idea because you can absolutely draw a spiritual parallel here because we know that if one dies, come on. Verse 51. 
And this he spake, he not of himself, but being a high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. Listen to what it says. And verse 52, and not for that nation only, but also that he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Verse 53, then from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. Remember when I said he's still the Lord? He said, Brother Lance, I still don't see missions in that, okay? One man gives his life literally to serve the Lord. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. I will die for you. My life is not mine, it's yours. And because of that, the very stage for the cross of Calvary was set. If the stage for Calvary had not been set and they had not said, we need to kill this man, Jesus, you and I wouldn't be saved today. The very reason that missions exist, the very reason that we can go do what we do is because one man said, Lord, I'll let you use me. Listen, West Valley Baptist Church, I, I love this church. I, I told, I can't remember who I was talking to, I told somebody, and I'm not, I'm not this is probably being recorded, I don't know, but I don't, I don't say this to most churches. We've been to a lot of churches across the country, but this is one of the churches that we, if we were here, I, I'd join this church in a heartbeat. I love this church. Amen. I'm not trying to be flattering. I just, I, I know this is a good church. But I'm telling you, even a good church, if we stop trusting Jesus, when we don't like what's going on and we don't see what we want and we ask God for things and he doesn't do, I've got a dear, dear friend that's in, in, in really bad shape right now. And Lord, if you don't do, what if he doesn't? Are we still going to trust Jesus? Listen, church, I can't, I can't think of a more expedient message, a more urgent message than for today. Our young people will die and go to hell if they don't see us keep trusting Jesus through difficult times. What happens when I'm gone and my grandson and my granddaughter are grown up and they didn't see their grandpa die trusting Jesus even when it looked bleak? So, well, but, but Brother Lance, the Lord's going to come back soon anyway. Praise the Lord, and I hope so. But the apostles said that too. West Valley Baptist Church, keep trusting Jesus. Let's have every head bowed, every eyes closed. If the pianist could come. Heavenly Father, I thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you for the great honor just to preach your word. Lord, I don't know why you put this on my heart tonight. I pray that someone, someone needed it. Lord, I needed it. Lord, I've, I've been convicted the whole time. I've been preaching tonight. Lord, I don't trust you like I should. God, I pray. Lord, I pray we all realize how lacking our faith is. Without faith, it's impossible to please you. I believe this church wants to please you. I pray that tonight that moms and dads and families, Lord, would seek to trust you. Lord, that they'd talk to you tonight, Lord, and just draw close to you. Lord, we need you more than ever before. Lord, we may not get what we want or what we think is best, but Lord, we need to trust you anyway. God, I pray that you would use this church to be a lighthouse here in the West Valley, Lord, and beyond as they reach worldwide through missions and other things. God, I pray you'd help us to be what you want us to be. Help us to keep trusting you. We love you. We thank you for your goodness and grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand. Keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed. If God talked to you, why don't you come forward? Just talk to him. Maybe you need to take your family and come and just commit, Lord, we're trusting you tonight. Would you come? Do what God wants you to do. Would you respond? Make an altar out of your seat, whatever you need to do. I don't know who's going to close the service, Brother Z, Brother Adam.